Welcome to Morning Devotion. With- hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Morning Devotion. This is an abbreviated introduction, but I just feel like getting started. Well, really, there was a little technical glitch there. But of course, I'll blame that on anybody else other than me, right? That's that's just the nature of the fall. But thank you for being a part of this Friday morning to our morning devotion group. This is a great group, a group that gets together and says we are going to do life together. We decided a little over a year ago, just a handful of us that have just begun to grow. Uh, we just decided a little over a year ago we are going to do life together. Pray for one another, lift up each other, and wow, today's subject is an amazing one, the cure for a closed heaven. Oh, what a subject this is. I know it's going to be a blessing, so welcome. Join in. Don't be a lurker. Yeah, come down out of the stands and get out on the field with us. Celebrate what God is doing Let us know where you're from, where you're watching from. Give us a miracle report. A good report makes the bones fluffy. That's the girly translation because I won't use that word that rhymes with that. I'll leave you biblical scholars to figure that one out. Leave an answered prayer. Leave a miracle report. And, of course, please leave comments, notes about what you would like God to see, uh, you would like God to do in your life, what you want to see in your life, and in the lives of those that you love. So many needs, and um, if I get started going down that road, it's one of the reasons we did a Wednesday night prayers, because the need the need list is long. And But I will depend on you if you'll just start putting names out to the side. I mean, we're still praying for the Frizzell family. Remember the McLean family and for the Jules. So happy he's back home. He's one of our faithful devotees. Amen. Amen. And the Saunders, Robin Floor, remember them. Just, just put all these needs out to the side and let's claim, let's claim the healing virtue and power of God in this difficult season in which we're living in. So thank you for being a part of this and saying, I care, I care. So thank you, David. Thank you, Opal. Thank you, Lynn, Diana, Patty. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this. So you know the drill. Follow the page. Share this devotion. Share this devotion. If you know someone who's struggling to get a prayer answered, this would be a good devotion for that, that person. Someone going through a trial, someone who believes that God doesn't care Share this. We are in day 20, day 20 of 21 days of prayer. We do 21 days of prayer twice a year, January and August. But this year, because of its unusual nature, we did it in January, we did it in May. And now here we are again in August doing the same. Thank you for being a part of this and participating. I've noticed something, and maybe you've noticed it as well, that at times the natural realm somehow reflects the spiritual Yeah, I I don't want to get too mystical on you, but, you know, when I got up this morning and I heard the news that we've got two tropical events simultaneously headed toward the United States, scheduled to hit at the same time, an event that, of course, hasn't happened since the Great Depression. It 
it, uh, oh my, it caused me to think again that sometimes, well, I thought of a couple things today. Sometimes the natural realm reveals and reflects the spiritual realm. And then I thought, of course, this is going to happen in 2020. Of course it will. God help us. God help us. What a year. What a year. But I want to speak to you today of that phenomena that many times we tr- we borrow from the natural realm to try to explain things in the spiritual realm. Uh, the anthropomorphism. We talk about the hands and the eyes of God. And uh, when God is a spirit, and, and yet we use things in the natural realm that we can grasp and we can understand the arm of the Lord, the hand of the Lord. And so it is with nature that sometimes we borrow from nature to explain what's happening in a spiritual sense. So I want to use an old expression. Have you ever heard the expression that when the skies are brass above you? Have you ever heard that expression? It's actually a biblical phrase. No, it wasn't coined by Shakespeare. It's a biblical phrase. It's found in the great blessings and cursings chapter of the Bible, Deuteronomy 28 and other places. But on the brink of the promised land, Moses gives instructions. Joshua would later reinforce them. Half the tribes were to assemble on a mountain called Gerizim, and that was the Mount of Blessings. The other half the tribes ascended on Ebal, the Mount of Cursing. And in a natural amphitheater, the children of Israel found themselves. Twelve blessings, blessed be the man, were pronounced. Twelve cursings, cursed be the man. A blessing and a cursing. One for each tribe of Israel, a blessing and a cursing, one for each month of the year, a blessing and cursing for each of the 12 hours of a day and the 12 hours of a night. In other words, all of our lives, the totality of our lives, the completion, the inclusion of our lives, it's a life of blessing or it's a life of cursing. I want to live on the blessed side. Can I, can I get a witness to that? I want to live on the blessed side. Trenton and Nancy and Tina and Jenny and Karen, I got to live on the blessed side. And so here comes the expression in Deuteronomy 28, 23. Thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass, and the earth that is under thee shall be iron. A heaven of brass and an earth of iron. What is pictured here in the physical sense is drought and and famine, no rain, no harvest, brass heaven, Iron earth. And so from that expression, we get the, the phrase skies of brass, or for our case, a closed heaven. And that in the natural realm, a closed heaven, a sky of brass can be reflected in the spiritual realm as well. You see, when the heaven is closed in scripture, you see panic, chaos, wickedness, pain, hurt. Can I get a witness to that? When the heaven is open in scripture, You see health and goodness and prosperity and righteousness and plenty. Who would not want to live under an open heaven? Let me just make it clear at this point. The heavens are open or closed, not based on a fickle whim of deity. The ancient pagans 
feared their mythological deities. Why? Because their gods didn't love them. Their gods were capricious and cruel. And they were whimsical in their fancies and they delighted in torturing humanity. They were flawed in their character. They were never loved, only feared by their worshipers. But our one true and living God is not like that. He is holy. He is true. He is righteous. He is love. He cares for his people. He sees, he's feel, he feels, he's touched with the feeling of our infirmity. Can we just give it up for the one true and living God? And so when the heavens close, don't think, well, God is sleeping. He neither sleeps nor slumbers. Don't think God doesn't care. He cares more than we can imagine. Don't think God simply said, I'm just closing up shop today. No, no. That's not the way it works. God doesn't put up a sign that says no one answered, uh, no answered prayers until I say so. That's not our God. And that's not why the heavens close. That's not why we have a closed heaven. It's the North Star. It's the North Star of our confidence in God, that God is good and his mercy endures forever. It's his predisposition to do God. He's not cruel. He's not whimsical. It's his chosen and stated desire for man to live in paradise and not perdition. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The thief comes not, but to steal, kill, destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, have it more abundantly. Abundantly, not just eternal life, but abundant life uh, here in this world, under these skies, on this earth. He is with us, Emmanuel. He is for us. Uh, God likes heavens to be open. God likes the green light in heaven. He reigns on the just and unjust to send the morning dew, to send manna with the dew. His mercies are new every morning. Wow. What a great God we serve. You see, God prefers an open heaven. That's his predisposition, an open heaven to show grace, to show kindness. When you look at the many times uh, heavens were open in the Bible, Genesis 28 at Bethel, and Jacob is asleep. And Jacob was a scoundrel. Let's just say it. Jacob was a scoundrel, a two-bit shyster deceiver, who was open to God. Oh my, oh my. And that makes all the difference in the world. He had a vision of the ladder coming down from heaven with angels ascending and descending. It was a divine encounter, one that never left Jacob. Isaiah 6, when an earthly king died, Isaiah was permitted to see into the open heavens, into the throne room, and he saw the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Ezekiel 1, in captivity, everybody's crying on a riverbank. But Ezekiel said, I saw the heavens open and I had visions of God. Oh my, the heavens opened with the visions. Matthew 3, the baptism of Jesus. It was John that saw the open heaven. It was John that saw a spirit descending as a dove and heard that voice. This is my beloved son in whom I well pleased. Then Acts, wow, Acts is just the book of the open heaven. Acts 7, during a time of persecution, Stephen is standing there getting stoned, not in a modern sense, okay? Getting stoned. His life is being taken from him, but he's permitted. The heavens open and he sees Jesus standing. 
Oh, my. Do you think you would have the power to stand and withstand if you could see the heavens open and Jesus standing and looking you, watching you and with you in your trials and adversity? He is, you know, he is. Don't you know right now, right now, right now, Jesus is standing and he's watching his people during a pandemic. And he's saying, I know I put in you what you need to see it through. And so Kirk and Wendy and Robert and Joe, uh, you got what it takes. Oh, you got what it takes to make it to the end of this thing uh, because an open heaven has smiled on you and given you the strength that you need. Uh, I just believe, I just believe that God sees as surely as as the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, it, it says he sat down at the right hand of God. But when Stephen was standing, being stoned, Jesus was standing. That there is a reciprocity, there is a replica of heaven and earth. Then Acts nine, I'm telling you, Acts is the book of the open heavens. Saul of Tarsus experiences open heaven. Acts ten, Simon Peter on a rooftop in Joppa experiences an open heaven. Then Revelation four, my favorite of them all, in exile. John sees a door standing open in heaven and hears a voice saying, come up here, I'm going to show you things that are about to take place. The heavens are going to open at the end of time and we know we're going to meet him in the clouds. We know we're going to see him coming with clouds with 10,000s of his saints. And from that, from these instances, and there are more and many other, we know it's God's desire to keep the heavens Open. Let me let me just mention four blessings of an open heaven. Four things that come with open heavens. First is understanding and revelation. There are visions, sure words of prophecy, divine direction, revelation, illumination, insight, foresight. Oh my, that's what happens with an open heaven. Second is a divine encounter. What we see in the Bible is that at the turning points of a man or a woman's life, at the turning point of a nation, at the turning point of what God was doing when head of gold turned to chest of silver and so forth, at the changing of the kingdoms and the clashings of the kingdom, God intervenes. There's a sense that not only is heaven open, but heaven is drawing near at the hinges of history. When doors are opening on earth, doors are opening in heaven, that the things done on earth are a replica of what's happening in heaven. When the Old Testament was giving way to the New Testament, the heavens opened again and again and again. When the Gentiles were being called, uh, Stephen's martyrdom, Paul's calling, Simon Peter's vision of Cornelius, the heavens began to open. We are at a turning point of history and the heavens can and will open and they are opening right now. Third, third, the third blessing of an open heaven is indwelling that the Holy Spirit is not just interested in visitation, but habitation. It dwells in us. The tabernacle of God is now with men. As Noah sent out the dove, the emblem of the spirit, the spirit seeks to rest and dwell and abide. And against the backdrop of a world gone mad, the Holy Spirit is brooding over this world and the windows of heaven are 
open. Oh, praise God. God's presence is coming down. Wasn't that the purpose of Jesus cleansing the temple? Oh, folks, don't you remember? He removed the extraneous to restore the, 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 the important, the secondary to restore the primary, to put God's people back into a house of prayer and to seek his face. And Sister Lee and Brother Glenn and Sister Hope, that's why we are here right now. We are a part of the work of God to create a place of habitation where God's presence can come down. Uh, oh, thank you, Lord. Uh, it's the Lord that says, uh, heaven's my throne, earth's my foot, footstool. You're going to build a house for me? Where is my resting place going to be? It's going to be in the hearts of men and women who cease not to cry out on his name. That's what keeps the heavens open uh, is you and me and many others like us around the world calling out on the name of the Lord. Open heavens for blessings, understanding divine encounters, indwelling. One more, one more. That's the outpourings. That's the revivals. That's the awakenings. That's the blessings. Do you remember the promise found there in Deuteronomy 28? The Lord will open the heavens and the storehouse of his bountiful provision to send rain on your lands in seasons and to bless all the work of your hands. You see, what God's trying to do is bless his people. And to keep the heavens shining down upon us with favor upon those who love him. You and I have to posture and position ourselves to see that heaven open. Are you ready? Here, here's how we posture and position ourselves. You see, the reason the heavens close is not God, it's man. Man is not positioned and postured for an open heaven. Man has put himself out of reach of open heaven. How does that happen? Well, doubt and unbelief will do it. Yes, it will. And what's the cure for that? Have faith in God. Oh, yes. Amen. Abraham was promised descendants. He had to hold on to that promise for 25 years. How long it takes is up to God. He's into marinating while we're into microwaving. He's an on-time God, though. Yes, he is. Hold on in faith and your faith and patience will unlock the heavens. That's a cure for a closed heaven. Pride will close the heavens. One king named Herod would not seek the face of God. Heaven withdrew the kiss of health and favor in the book of Acts. He dies. Another king named Hezekiah seeks God's face and the heaven and earth were moved to bring healing. It's humility that unlocks the heaven. When you see a closed heaven, oh, listen to me carefully. Listen, America, you listen to me carefully. When you see a heaven closed, uh, it's because of pride and arrogance. Uh, do, do you remember? Do you remember? Let me see. It was Ezekiel that said, these be the sins of Sodom. Now, when I say that phrase, the sins of Sodom, what do you think about? Where does your mind go? But you know what Ezekiel said the sin of Sodom was? The sin of Sodom was pride, fullness of bread, and complacency. Yeah, America, America, you need to wake up. 
And when you see the clouds and the skies begin to close above you, you better humble yourself before the Lord. It's humility that will unlock a a closed heaven. Here's another one. Disobedience will close the heavens. How does that work? People turn from God. They turn from God, his ways, his words. They seek substitute deities, synthetic savior, counterfeit Christ. Uh, They go looking for love in all the wrong places. That was a song written by Hezekiah. I'm sure it was. Maybe Hezekiah Walker. I don't know. At Carmel, when the false prophets multiplied, though they were worshipped and called on their God, they didn't get a response. The heavens were closed because they had been disobedient to God. They had not put God in his rightful place. But a 63-word prayer from a righteous man unlocked the heavens First for fire to consume the sacrifice and then for rain to heal the land. This turned to other things. This turned to something else other than God. It's called sin. It's missing the mark. It's disobedience. It's transgression. It's going the wrong way. And because man turns the wrong way, God figuratively turns his back on man and the heavens close because of man's disobedience. That's why the Bible says, uh, oh, America, every nation of the world, you need to hear this. Righteousness exalts a nation. Yes, it does. But sin is a reproach. A nation can only be God-blessed as long as it continues to bless God. A nation prospers materially as it prospers uh, spiritually. Uh, that was the message in Third John. You remember John was writing to a young uh, uh, young disciple named Gaius, and he said, uh, I, I, I pray, I pray for you. I pray for you. Now, this prayer can either be a curse or a blessing. I pray that you will prosper spiritually or prosper physically as your soul prospers. I pray you be blessed financially as you are being blessed spiritually. Yeah, that's what happens. If we don't turn to God, God will turn from us. Uh, His innate goodness is still there, but God turns and the heavens begin to close. So the cure for a closed heaven is turn, turn with all our heart to the Lord and seek his face uh, with everything inside of us. It was years ago that I was driving through the Texas Hill Country that's known for its wildflowers in the spring, but not that spring. There'd been no rain. The rivers were dry. The stock tanks were dry. Cattle and cattle were being sold. Ranches had gone bankrupt. Farms had no crops, no water for irrigation. Fields lay barren, stunted and stricken. The earth was iron, the heavens were brass. And to bring the rain, I read later that, you know, it's just to bring rain. It's, it's, I read what later what they did. That's just been a quest for man is to bring the rain. We've got rain dances, sacrifices, rituals, rainmakers. You find it in every ancient pagan culture. But what was considered friend science a few years ago has now moved into accepted science. It's called cloud seeding, where planes will drop silver iodide, potassium iodide, or dry ice into clouds to release the rain. It's not strange to find airports with ground generators and cannon loaded with the same chemicals to keep hail, ice, and even fog from forming. In scripture, a cloudless sky is a curse. To a culture that made its living from the land, no rain was worse than much rain. 
And so they had a way to see the clouds in the Old Testament. And as I said, the natural mirrors the spiritual. Here is the cure for a closed heaven. Zechariah 10.1, ask the Lord for rain. In the time of the latter rain, and the Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of grain, grass in the field for everyone. That's the cure to ask him for rain in the time of the latter rain. Listen to me, morning devotion group. We are in that season. We need to ask for rain in the time of latter rain. Ask him to open the heavens. Ask him to unlock glory. Ask him that the heavens would draw near with an inundation, an indwelling, an understanding, a revelation, an outpouring of his blessings. As we move into the final moments of this devotion, and as you leave some more prayer requests, and would you just commit to praying for one another? We're going to bind together. One more day, I will be with you, God willing, tomorrow, Saturday, for the 21st day of this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Join with me tomorrow, but today, today, just see what God can do in our lives. Share this one with another, follow the page, and may the Lord bless you in a way that is beyond measure. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.